Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Good morning and welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett and the CEO and founder over at Wildman Web Solutions. We're a digital marketing agency here in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, and we stream live to our Facebook and YouTube channel every week um, to answer your questions. So this is Ask Wildman, an open Q&A for anyone and everyone who wants to learn about um, business, about marketing, technology, or if you want to throw any other questions our way, we'll we'll do our best. Um, but I do bring my uh, team on here every week just to answer your questions. Um, so at any point throughout this live stream, if you have any questions or if you have experience dealing with what we're talking about, you just want to jump in the discussion, uh, put your questions in the comments below. Again, we are live streaming both to our Facebook page and to our YouTube channel. We'll be watching the comments on both uh, of those platforms. So pick your poison and uh, tune in every week and throw your questions in the comments. All right, today we're going to be going over a bunch of topics, but to help me with that, I've got my friend Mike Hanna. Mike, how are you doing? Good morning, Miles. I am doing absolutely fantastic. If I was doing any better, I think I'd be dreaming, but I'm not dreaming. I confirmed that earlier. I'm here with you and excited to be helping the people this morning. All right, so like I said, this is an open Q&A, so anyone watching, feel free to jump in. And uh, this is a weekly thing, so um, if you're watching this later, you're not catching us live, then uh, you can still jump into the uh, into the discussion by emailing us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. I have that address scrolling below me in that crawler down there uh, in case you need it. So we'll be taking a couple of questions from the last couple of weeks in the email inbox. We've got a couple of questions hopefully coming here in the um, in the chat here shortly. Um, so yeah, feel free to jump in any way you want to ask us your questions, ask away, and we'll do our best to uh, to answer. I've got a couple of things in the hopper here. Um, so I wanted to bring up something that I talked about last week a little bit in a little bit more detail because um, it's not really a common issue or one that we run into all the time, but somehow just I guess because the universe heard me mention it last week, we've run into it twice in the last week alone. Um, and that is just email security settings. I talked about a little bit last time, three main email security settings that you have to have set up. Um, and we've had people come to us twice again in the last week alone with um, email security issues. So uh, I just wanted to hit on those uh, very quickly just again. Um, there's four things that we need to know about um, in order to set up your website properly um, and uh, have proper email security settings in there. Uh, first of all is just to know what a domain is. I know I've talked about this a couple of times, but a domain is just a label of your website. So ours is wildmanweb.com. Um, it is the whatever your business name, your name, dot com, dot org, dot ninja. That is an extension you can buy, just by the way. I don't know why you would want it, but you can have it if you want it. 
Um, when you buy one of those, there's uh, a section on the domain called the DNS settings. This is where uh, you point the domain to your actual website, to your host. This is where you'll set up um, your email, make sure that you're pointed there. This is where you'll, uh, if you have any sort of subdomains or any third party services pointing to your site, that's probably where you're setting up all of that stuff. It has a list of different A records and C names and MX records, text records, a big pile of techie jargon. But all you need to know about for email security um, is three records. So if you're setting up your, your domain for the first time and you want to have an at your domain email address, either just to communicate with your uh, clients in a more professional way or to engage in any kind of email marketing or anything, um, you need to have these things set up. So either set them up yourself um, or if you're working with a developer or with an agency like us, make sure that they are tackling these things. Those three settings are SPF, DKIM, and uh, DMARC, D-M-A-R-C, if I can spell properly there. Um, these all have very specific uh, purposes, but basically they all work together and there's, I don't really know of any, uh, a lot of situations where you wouldn't want all three, so I'll just discuss them as a whole here. Um, the idea is that you are you are signing your website, you are signing the domain and saying, yes, I own this, I am real, this is who I am. You're verifying yourself as an actual human being, not a robot, and the owner of the uh, owner of the domain, the owner of the website. So when you send out emails from that website, one, um, email clients know that you're you're a real person trying to reach out to another real person. You're not a bot. You're not sp a spammer or something like that. Um, two, they know that you are who you say you are. Because um, one of the big things that that can happen, one of the more uh, common issues that we do run into with people who haven't set these things up, is email spoofing. Um, that is when you don't have these settings properly set up there. Therefore, people can send emails from your domain uh, to other people without you even knowing about it. So someone else could be getting an email from someone at yourdomain.com and it's asking them to buy something or to click on this link. It's maybe a virus, maybe it's a scam, maybe they're just trying to sell something. Whatever it is, they're using your domain in order to get out to people. Um, a lot of spammers will do this in order to use a lot of different domains, a lot of different domain emails because they'll get blocked when they send out a ton of emails from uh, the same email address. Uh, they'll get blocked in one way or another, um, and so they can use your domain in order to get through to their to their audience, to the people that they want to get through to. Um, so you want to stop that at the very least, even if you're not engaging any kind of email marketing or anything like that, you want to at least stop people from getting into your email and using your domain in order to scam people. Um, so make sure you have these things set up properly. Um, just a quick Google search on setting up SPF, setting up uh, DKIM. It'll show you how to do it. It's really not that hard. It'll just you're just copying and pasting stuff into these DNS records. And there's tons of instructionals out there. Maybe I'll I'll link some here in a little bit. Uh, but all you have to do is know to look for this stuff. So I'm just going to put this out there on the airwaves. Everyone who has a website who has an email at their domain, whether they're using it just for basic communication or you're doing email marketing or anything make sure that you have these three settings set up. Just search for them and set them in your domain's DNS settings, SPF, DKIM, and DMARC. Uh, I'll throw one other 
a piece of information in here on this before moving on because I know it's techy and boring and whatnot. But um, if you are doing any sort of email marketing, and that includes email blasts out to people wherever you're sending one email out to a ton of addresses, use an email marketing software. Um, use Constant Contact. Use MailChimp. Use There's a, a, a plethora of them out there. Pick one that works for you and use that. Don't just put uh, 500 email addresses in your two section of the email and send something out of your personal email because you will get flagged for uh, spamming, possibly even if you have these settings set up properly. Um, you're really not supposed to do that. Email clients really don't like it when you do that. Email marketing software is basically what they do is instead of sending one email out to 500 people, it will create 500 different emails and send them out as a one-to-one peer-to-peer transaction instead of just one blast out to everyone because they know email clients don't like to see that kind of bulk uh, communication and you'll get marked uh, at the very least you're going to land in people's spam folders and at the worst uh, you could actually get blacklisted or get your email blocked um, from different email clients and if you get uh, blocked by google that's something like 40 percent of the market share all emails of the, on the world in the world uh 40 of them are hosted by gmail so if you get blocked by that then well you just don't have email anymore so don't do that <laughs> all right moving on from from that uh techie jargony bs if you have any more questions on that you want me to go into more depth or uh you want me to look at your situation in, in uh individually, then shoot us an email at bewild at wildmanweb.com. Uh, before we move on, Mike, did you have anything on that email marketing notes, mass communication notes, or anything that kind of kind of overlaps into your territory a little bit? Uh, yeah, Miles, I thought that was, that was good. That was thorough. I don't think I have anything else to add except do what Miles says. Uh, that way you won't be crying later. That's, that's generally the name of the game. But uh, yeah, uh, good stuff there. Good morning, Jeff. See, Jeff has joined us. If, uh, if anybody else has joined us and you appreciated that good stuff from Miles, give us give us a like, give us a heart. Yeah, Feeling the love this morning. Yeah, you do bring up a good point there. Um, with you know, you can take care of some of this stuff, or you're going to be crying later. This is this is one of those things where it's not a big deal to do upfront. You know, we've talked about this a couple of times, whether we're talking about domains or hosting or website security or anything. It's not it's not fun. It's not sexy. It's not uh, really that all that interesting, but it's also not that difficult. A lot of this stuff just takes a basic Google search, um, knowing what to look for, and then a couple of minutes of monotonous work. Um, but it's going to save you a ton of pain later. Uh, if you do it up front, then you're not going to have to deal with any of this stuff. It's one of those things a like of, a, a lot of tears saved. Yeah, it's like a like insurance. You know, you pay for it and hope you never have to use it. And uh, if you end up having to use it, that's that's the problem here. This is one of those things where if you do it right, you'll never have to think about it again, and uh, it's not going to cause cause you all that pain later on. So just just take care of it. Whether you're doing an e uh, starting a a website from scratch. Um, or you have well-established one, this applies to everyone. So just look into it. All right, we've got a couple of questions coming in here. Like I said, this is an open Q&A, so throw your questions in the comments below and we'll address them as soon as we can. Or if you're catching us later, email us at askwildman.wildmanweb.com and we'll hit your stuff next week. 
All right, we've got one here for you, Mike. So I'll let you talk for a minute. Um, let's see, what's the best way to sell online for the holidays? And we do have the, the holidays coming up and this is kind of a, a weird holiday year. Yeah, so I got some questions on this uh, actually after the show last week, oh, okay. Miles. Uh, and so, yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll address it in, uh, in that context, but hopefully in a broader context that everybody can, can get something from. But yeah, basically uh, some questions been coming in about the best way to market uh, for the holidays to sell products online the holidays etc so we'll, we'll take all those in, in one here and, and open it up for for more questions or discussions if anybody else wants wants to pile in on this topic um, you know obviously this is the biggest time of the year uh, if, if you're in retail either traditional retail or non-traditional retail and so you know you don't want to be on the sidelines uh, in in this in this period of the calendar, but also it's it's a difficult time. It's a difficult time to be advertising uh, because there's so much uh, competition for attention. There's so much competition for ad space. And so that drives up prices while making it harder to get conversions. Um, so unfortunately, you know, I think the best way uh, to, to go about handling marketing and advertising for the holiday season is to probably start in August and September, uh, which I know doesn't do us a lot of good now without a time machine. So if you don't have a flux capacitor, I think the best prob probable course of action is to pick your battles. And really, and this is where you really have to understand what is a good cost of acquisition. You know, what are you willing to spend in order to get customers? And then finding a platform where you're able to achieve that uh, at a level that is, is not going to blow your budget out. Uh, so what am I what do I mean by that? Well, right now, Facebook, for example, is, is really expensive for a couple different reasons. Uh, the election played a big, big part in that. You know, we saw uh, so much more spending on Facebook than any other election cycle in history. And it right up, you know, even even today, you know, in some parts of the country, if you're down there in Georgia or something like that, uh, it's you're still seeing, you know, uh, a whole bunch of political advertising. Uh, on, on all platforms, but Facebook especially was was a really really big um, spending vehicle for average for uh, excuse me for political campaigns, and so that drove advertising prices up. And then we have our typical fourth quarter spending increase, which always drives prices up uh, on the platforms right now. So a couple different things you know you have to take into account here is is that platform going to be cost efficient for me? Uh, it may be where your audience is. You may have had, you know, success on it in the past, but math is math. And if you have a $2 cost of acquisition and you can't get those kind of results because prices are so high on the platform, you have to just cross that platform out. Uh, and then, the, you know, kind of the other side of these questions that were coming in were, should I uh, build a website? Should I have an e-commerce store? You know, how should I be facilitating my online sales. Uh, the answer to that is, you know, yes, you know, hopefully you you can have a website, uh, you can have an e-commerce store on it, and you can have Facebook shop, and you know, you can have your your uh, Amazon, you can have your products, you know, across multiple different purchasing platforms. But again, you have to pick your battles, and you also have to understand that 
you have to get traffic to those places no matter what. So, you know, what we don't want to have happen is set up a website and then we're unable to get traffic because either we picked a platform that we can't afford, we don't have a salient message uh, that's going to convert. Uh, and so we're going to set up something that's going to be basically having tumbleweeds across it. So it may make some sense in this kind of scenario to use something like Facebook shop, uh, which is a relatively new platform, but you know, that could be a way that you could cut down costs and deliver some of that, um, budget towards driving traffic. Uh, and the other big kind of bigger picture on this that I think is, is part of this discussion of why people have asked me too, well, why have the prices gone up so much? You know, is it just the election? Is it just fourth quarter? And the answer is, the answer is well, yeah, but it's also what we've been talking about for a long time. And that is just more people are advertising those platforms, more bigger companies are advertising those platforms, more Fortune 500 companies are advertising on those platforms. They have massive budgets. And so for Coca-Cola to come in, and do a huge fourth quarter ad spend, you know, that's like hundreds of, of direct to consumer brands coming in and, and spending for fourth quarter all at once. Uh, it, it can really shift, you know, the whole metric in terms of what that platform's um, costs are going to be. So we have, we also have to be nimble and we have to also have to have a couple different plans. I think, you know, we have to, let's say we're going to try to do a Facebook or Instagram campaign, but we need to have a plan B or C in case we have to build on that because our cost of acquisition is completely off the radar. So let me try to bring this back full circle here. Um, pick a path of least resistance. And you got to know your numbers first, though. You have to know what you're willing to spend in order to get a conversion. And then, like I said, you have to pick that path of, of least resistance in order to where you're going to spend your money. And it may not be again, where you've had success in the past. It may not be, you know, the, the old playbook that even you used last fourth quarter uh, because things are changing quite a bit. And uh, the other thing I would say is uh, try to hack as many organic methods as you possibly can. You know, even let's, even let's say that we can't afford to use Facebook advertising right now for our campaign. Well, it doesn't mean that we can't use Facebook live streaming doesn't mean that we can't use Facebook groups. Uh, you know, same thing for uh, LinkedIn if I'm doing a B2B campaign or Snapchat, you know, if I'm trying to reach uh, younger audiences or, or TikTok, if I'm trying to reach younger audiences. Uh, to be said for uh, using a great organic campaign, but don't forget, or excuse me, don't confuse the kind of results that you may be able to get with an organic campaign compared to a paid campaign. Right, organic is much slower, paid is usually a lot much quicker, and and so we can't compare those two on uh, as because they are apples and oranges, but that doesn't mean that they're mutually exclusive and we can't use them together or we can't we can't use one over the. Uh, so if I was on a limited budget, I would really explore how can I leverage what I already have. If I build a store, if I build an e-commerce how can I realistically get traffic to that store and what organic methods can I use that are able to hack, so to speak, algorithm in order to get my brand and my product some more attention at this time of year uh, at a lesser cost point or at no cost point. You know, maybe I, I can't afford to do any kind of advertising whatsoever on the paid side. Well, then I would be doing 
daily live streams and I'd be showing off my products. Uh, and again, uh, you know, just like we talked about many, many times, if you do have a store set up or you're using Facebook shop or you just have a landing page set up or you just have an email list set up, make sure that whatever you're doing, you're pushing the traffic towards the thing that you control. Hopefully you have all those things set up. Hopefully you have an e-commerce store, you have a website and you have an email list. But don't just be doing live streams every day okay, and never sending those people anywhere off of your Facebook page. Unless that's where you're doing all your selling. It's right there on your Facebook page and Facebook shop. Okay, that, that would be the, uh, the asterisk to that statement. Uh, otherwise, we want to be completely removing uh, everybody from the Facebook platform or, or TikTok or wherever we're doing onto what we control uh, and then remarketing and retargeting those people. Because I can have an effective organic strategy, say, on TikTok or through Facebook Live, and I can get people to sign up for my email list. Then I have an affordable way in order to create frequency, which, of course, frequency is how we push people down through the buying funnel, how we get somebody to actually do business with us, to go from knowing who I know who they are to I'm buying their product or their service. And so, if, again, if we can't afford to pay for frequency right now, especially on a big platform like Facebook, to be able to hack and engineer different ways in order to achieve that. Miles, did you have anything to add to that, um, especially from the e-commerce side of things? Uh, not a whole lot. I think you, you kind of hit a lot of it on the e-commerce side of things. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I might just go back to a more basic level, um, and that is that, especially this year. But you know, this is this applies to to all years and all times and everything. But especially this year with the pandemic and and whatnot, um, e-commerce is more important than ever. So uh, all your tips there are, are are awesome. But maybe just reverting back to an even more basic level of have e-commerce, have something that you're selling online, have an option for people to. Even if you aren't selling, uh, you know, physical goods or something, um, have some sort of option for people to engage with you virtually. Um, you may have to get a little bit creative uh, in order to do that. Maybe if you don't have any uh, physical items, we've talked to a couple of places that were really just service oriented that are pivoting and starting to sell some physical items, um, just you know, starting to have some merch or something, so that people can. Uh, support you online and buy something online. Uh, talking to other businesses that are coming up with other ways, more service-based um, businesses that are coming up with other creative ways that people can interact with them virtually. Um, so it may require you to get a little bit creative, go a little bit outside your comfort zone, um, and and do some things that maybe you never thought possible in your business. But especially this year instantiate some form of e-commerce, some form of uh, virtual interaction with your business, uh, especially with the holidays coming up, people are going to want to uh, to buy from you, um, especially if you're a local business, if you're a small business. Um, polls are showing that people are really, really wanting to focus on small local businesses more this year than any other year previously. There's lots of different um, pushes and and, and um, sort of activists out there pushing people to not buy all their presents off of Amazon, but to put their money into small local businesses, and they need a way to do that. So um, give them an option and let them know about it. That's going to be my, my only additional point there. 
Well, that's a great point. I didn't even address the pandemic side of, of this whole thing. And it's an important side. Of things, like, right? You know, it, it is kind of a big deal. Uh, and, you know, and like I think I said uh, at the top of my ramble, you know, you got to at least be in the game. You know, if, if you're not in the game by that, I mean, selling something online. <laughs> um, if you're not if you're not there, then it's going to be really, really difficult. And that's part of also, though, the reason that it has become more difficult to achieve success online and why the cost is going up, because so many brands have realized this. They're like, my God, you know, people aren't going to come into the store this year like they always have. People aren't going to go to the mall like they always have. I need to be more aggressive online. And so what that has done is that has taken, unfortunately, uh, a lot of budget from larger companies and put them into this space that wasn't as crowded before and was easier for a small business to navigate. So that doesn't mean you, you can ignore it and you can, you know, unfortunately go back to, to, a, to a cave and, and ignore technology altogether. You know, we have to get into the game, uh, but I'm, I just want people to be realistic of the challenges out there. Uh, and, and certainly to be thinking about next year, you know, what am I going to do in second and third quarter in order to position myself for success in fourth quarter? And I really think that that's the takeaway here that I want to stress. I know that doesn't help us right now, uh, but, you know, next year, how can we be turning those cold audiences to warm in second quarter and then turning those warm audiences into hot audiences in third quarter and converting them in fourth quarter? Uh, you know, that that's part of our larger strategy. Yeah, and it, it will, I mean, as as Jeff's pointed out here in the comments, he says, how creative? Um, well, very. Um, in your uh, in your situation, Jeff, because I know about your business, I can say that you're actually in a pretty good place having online memberships. I saw that you started to create some actual content, did a video the other day. If you all haven't watched their video, go ahead and check it out. Um, uh, but yeah, that's a really good direction for people to be moving, and we've helped a couple of businesses move in that direction. Um, so, um, you know, think about an online membership base. If you can make some portion of your your services, your offerings, um, into more of a subscription model or something like that, that's a really good uh, way to generate some pretty um, some pretty strong recurring revenue um, if you can shift into something like that. Um, creating online content is awesome. Making videos, uh, doing live streams like this if you if you aren't already. Um, maybe setting up some sort of uh, you know, blogging apparatus or um, just going hard into your social media or something. It doesn't necessarily have to be a direct a direct sales model online, I guess. It doesn't have to be just standard e-commerce. You go to someone's website, you buy something off of their online shop, um, but just some way of engaging with you online. So maybe think of it a little bit outside of uh, just that sales funnel as well. Just um, as we move into the holidays here, it's going to be more and more important that your customers have in your audience not just your customers here, but your audience has a way to engage with you and your business virtually. Um, and I'll, I'll leave that up to you as to what that means for you and your business. Uh, but there's there's a ton of options out there. But yeah, you may have to be a, a little bit creative, especially for our uh, brick and mortar and service-based industries.
Yeah. They, I mean, you have to, you have to figure out a way to make yourself relevant. I don't have mine within arm's reach. Well, maybe I do. <laughs> Always there on the, on this thing, you know, um, if you, if you, if you're not relevant on this thing, meaning you're not easily to be found, you're not, your customers aren't, I don't have an easy way to engage with you. It's almost like you don't exist, you know, um, unfortunately, you know, and so, and so the strategy has to be geared around how can I get as much engagement uh, and as much um, connection with my audience through this thing uh, to lead to more face-to-face and real-world interactions. But unfortunately, this thing has become the gatekeeper uh, to getting those those face-to-face interactions happen. Yeah, and for this thing, he is talking about the phone, if anyone's just listening to us here. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I guess holding up the, the phone I'm forgetting now. we're turning this into a podcast now, so I can't, <laughs> I can't rely on the, I can't rely just on the, the, the television, the cinema, cinematic quality of our, of yeah. our show anymore. Phones, <laughs> phones are super important. So there's a lot of ways to reach out to someone over their phone. Uh, social is probably the easiest way. Most people do have their favorite social media app downloaded and notifications enabled, uh, whether that's Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or whatever. Um, if you can get them to follow you on social, then you can probably get them on mobile as well. Um, if you haven't thought about having uh, or doing an app for your business and you're in a place where you can do something like that, now might be the time to really think about uh, making that switch uh, where it may not have really made sense for you before. Uh, now all of a sudden this could be a, a make or break factor for a lot of businesses. So if you haven't thought about doing your own app, um, then now might be a time to really start thinking about that. Um, or one uh, overlooked aspect of digital marketing and text Text message marketing, um, I think we've talked about it before on this show, uh, used to kind of not be fans of it, but uh, now recently have kind of gotten ourselves turned on to it, um, where it does have a pretty good opening rate, pretty good engagement rate um, in comparison to other traditional marketing uh, factors and email marketing, stuff like that, um, where people always have their phones on them. Um, it's it's a direct uh means of communication and people are getting a little bit more used to it um, and being a little bit more receptive to it than before. You know, five plus years ago, it was just seen as, as spammy and people weren't really using it at all. But now people are really seeming to open up to it and be more receptive. So if you haven't looked into text message marketing, I'd suggest maybe doing a little bit of research on that, um, asking your local agency about it, seeing if it might fit you and your business. Because it's not for everyone. None of these things are are for everyone. Um, blanket advice here is to find something that fits you, your business, your personality. Um, yeah, Miles, if I, if I could just jump on, I'll yeah. jump on the text thing for one quick second, because that's a great example of what I was talking about earlier of being able to maneuver, being able to pivot, being able to find those paths of least resistance. Because I mean, how freaking smart are the people who are doing text message marketing right now, as opposed to the people who dumped all their budget you know, into uh, into into getting to their e-commerce store, right? I'd much rather be be paying uh, text messaging rates right now than Facebook e-commerce rates. Rates. Uh, you know, I I just got a text uh, five minutes ago from a company called Wine Text. Their entire business model 
built upon the text messaging platform. Uh, this is, of course, one of one of Gary V's wonderful innovations. It's, it's his father's company, um, his brainchild. But they send out amazing wine deals, uh, and they ship the, ship it right to your house. So it's direct to consumer, and every single day, sometimes twice a day, I get a text with a great wine deal uh, about something on a, on a type of wine that I could rarely find, you know, here at, at our local liquor store. So for a, somebody who loves wine and loves trying different things, this is this was an easy opt-in type of a marketing uh, offer for me. And I found it to be quite rewarding as I've been marketed to for several months now. Now they, they found me on a social media platform, just like we were talking about earlier, and then quickly got me to go to something that they control, which was their text messaging platform. Could have been an email list, you know, that may have would have, would have worked too. But to Miles's point, the, the open rate and the engagement rate is much, much higher right now in text messaging than it is email. So uh, I just wanted to throw that in. Okay. Well, it looks like we do uh, have uh, got another question here. Yeah, we got a question thrown in the comments here. I'll go ahead and throw it up on the screen here. Uh, opinion morning, Chelsea. on Patreon. I'm assuming that's on our conversation of getting creative and putting your business online. Uh, Patreon can be a, a really awesome tool for um, for a lot of a lot of industries. You know, we were talking about service-based stuff and people selling actual products, but you know, some businesses out there and some people out there have been making their money. Um, I guess we'd call it uh, in in services, but you know, artists and performative services. Um, know musicians stuff like that um, I've seen a lot of them moving into patreon or similar platforms allowing them to just collect money that way um, I think it's awesome I think there are some some limitations and there are a lot more patreon is kind of the most famous one uh, but and I think that's just because they hit the game earlier than the others uh, but um, you know don't just use that because that's the only one you know is gonna be my only tip here and then I'll, I'll toss it over to you Mike um, know that there are other options out there and they all have pros and cons um, do a little bit of research before jumping on to one of these platforms uh, and make sure that you're picking the right one um, you know you can just do a quick search of patreon competitors or something like that um, and there's different ones that are built specifically for musicians specifically for artists specifically for uh, people in different industries so they all have some strengths in there and they all have a little bit of weaknesses in places that they don't necessarily belong so uh, don't just use patreon because that's the name you know do a little bit of research and if patreon happens to be the right tool for you absolutely more power to you uh, just know that there are other options mike any thoughts on yeah. uh, on use of patreon I, and are, are there I similar like platforms i like patreon i like yeah i like the whole model um i like you know i think there, there's there's some good competitors out there as well um, to me, this is a great way to do what we were just just discussing is is taking an audience from something like uh, a big platform like Facebook and, you know, and getting especially what we used to call in the radio business. They still call it that, but uh, a P1 listener, you know, or, uh, you know, a P1 audience member, meaning, you know, that kind of the top ones, top, you know, 5% of listeners. These are the people or, or audience. These are the people who engage with you all the time. Who engage with you all day you know they do not miss it right you know if you're putting out content they are there at 101 you put it out at one o'clock uh those type of people you certainly don't want to leave them just in something like facebook 
you know, first of all, you want to put them in a Facebook group, perhaps, but then you want to get them, like like we talked about, email list, on text messaging platform, on something like Patreon, something like that it's easier for you to control. And this is a great way to monetize an audience, in my opinion, uh, because what you're able to do on Patreon, or what I've seen people do that has been really successful, is sell uh, limited access. You know, let's say somebody has a podcast, and so they're creating a large audience with the podcast. People get to know, like, and trust them through the podcast. But if they're then they set up a Patreon group and they say it's twelve dollars a month or whatever it is to join this group, then I can give access and I can give certain types of content um, or you know just access to me. You know, like, hey, I'll answer your questions one on one or something like that. Or I'll give you, you know, these, these, whatever it is that I don't talk about on the podcast. It's worth it for that P1 audience to pay extra to have that kind of access. Um, not everyone, you know, not everyone's going to see the value in it, right? The people who casually listen to your show, or maybe they downloaded it a few times, they're probably not going to be interested in extra for this access. But the P1 listener, the you know, the the, the, the fan, so to speak will and so i really like it for for monetizing an audience um especially from a different platform and i think it's something that um you do have some more control over uh, you know it's not an end-all be-all solution because you have to still have some way to get your message out there so people follow you on patreon and they join your patreon and they subscribe to your patreon so it's you know it's a middle kind of bottom of the funnel tool not really a top of the funnel pool tool, meaning you're not going to, people aren't really going to get to know you or discover you because of Patreon, but it's a way to get people who discover you in order to engage with you further down uh, the funnel and, and hopefully turn that opportunity. So I'm a big fan of Patreon. I, I think that uh, more people should use it. And I, you know, it, it's, it's been really, really popular with artists and musicians and, and people like that, but I think there's a huge opportunity there for small businesses, solo entrepreneurs, you know, people like that, um, especially if you have anything that you can offer in terms of access, you know, like let's say uh, I sell a certain product. Um, let's say I sell uh, handmade bar soap. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where I pulled this out of, but okay. Um, so what you could do is you could promote your handmade bar soap, you know, and through a traditional marketing and advertising, you got the e-commerce store, et cetera, et cetera. But then for the people who are really into bar soap, you could set up a Patreon group and you could teach people in that group how their own types of bar soap, you know, right? Or, you know, how to do something different or how to create something with the bar soap or do something with the bar soap in addition to what they wouldn't have thought of thought of if they just were buying it online, right? You can empower them with the product or service to a higher degree. And again, the people who are really interested, they will pay for that kind of access. Not everybody will, but that's how I kind of see Patreon um, being an arm to small businesses is being able to have that exclusivity where you can offer something um, and, and, and get paid for it. Now, Facebook is, I think, trying to kind of get in this a little bit with uh, you know paid online events and things like that. 
um, especially on the artist side of it. I think that they, they saw the value in this um, when the pandemic hit, uh, because, you know, like I said, it's a way for you to monetize an audience that wasn't available on social media platforms before. Yeah, and I'm going to play off of that a little bit. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. We, we see. Um, <laughs> we, we can't keep featuring your, your comments on these the shows. You got to keep it, you know, our, our rating in mind here. Um, it's a kid's show, Jeff. Kid's show. So, uh, you know, Patreon has, um, I think that you kind of encapsulated the right audience for that, and that is paying for access to a person. If you can somehow encapsulate your business model in that, um, in that frame of paying for access to a person, then Patreon can be a good tool for you. Um, there are other tools out there for paid events, like you brought up Facebook starting to do that. There are other tools out there specifically for paid events, paid live events, um, other tools for, for courseware, if you're trying to do any sort of online classes or education or, um, I don't know, something like that, online webinar series or something like that. There are tools specifically made for that where Patreon might not be a good fit. Um, and you also hit on one of the main uh, weaknesses of Patreon, and that is that it doesn't have any sort of built-in promotional tools, whereas some of the other tools will integrate directly on your website. They'll facilitate some of the uh, promotional uh, processes there. They, they will allow you to put your content out um, in a specified structure allowing for, like I said, um, uh, membership or online courses or something like that, where you still get that, that exclusivity element, you still get to collect money for your business, um, but it's not necessarily paying for access to a person. So if you can encapsulate your services or your business in a way that is, um, that is uh, just paying for access to a person doing a thing, Patreon. If you're doing something a little bit different from that, you might want to look at some other tools. There could be some better fits for you. Um, and also, make sure to check the the processing fee and if there's any other fees associated with it. Um, they don't always put those things up front. Make sure that you're looking at that. And different tiers of different services may have different fees. For example, Patreon's uh, normal introductory fee is 5%, and that doesn't touch um, processing fees as well. So they'll still have like the credit card processing fee of 2.9% or whatever it is, uh, plus 5% on top of that. And then if you want any of the pro features that they advertise, but don't give you on that basic level, you'll have to go up to their, uh, I don't know what they call it, pro version or premium version or whatever. And your and, and their percentage actually goes up to like nine, 10% or something. I'll just look this up later. But Make sure to check on those percentages because uh, you don't want to get robbed. Yeah, and along those lines, Miles, I'll just throw in one other thought about Patreon. We can probably move on. Okay. I don't think people. I don't think people charge enough. I mean, that would be the other thing that I've noticed on there is that you know people they'll charge five dollars a month or something like that. And again, I think they have the wrong psychology on it. They're trying to think volume. They're trying to think, oh, like all of my fans love this. They should all join this. You know, my whole audience would love this. You know, and again, it's no, it's only the like top one to five percent that you should really be concerned about. It should be the P1 audience that you're trying to convert. And those people are the ones who are excited about it. So they will pay more than nine dollars, you know. So I would charge a real amount and try to attract less people, you know, 
uh, quality over quantity uh, with, with my Patreon page. All right. Well, hopefully we answered your question there. Uh, we'll move on from Patreon here. I want to take uh, a minute here to throw in a couple of other points. Um, if you're just joining here, this is Ask Wildman, open Q&A. So feel free to jump in the discussion, throw your questions in the comments. Uh, we are doing this every week, Wednesdays at 11. So please, if you think that this content is good, is useful to you, like, share, comment, engage with us, help us to reach more people, answer some more questions, and be hopefully a better resource for our community. Um, we're doing this on Facebook and YouTube. So whichever one you want to check out there. Um, also, a little bit of an update uh, just internally here. We've updated our website, the actual Wildman website. So if you haven't been there recently, um, hop over to wildmanweb.com. We got a bunch of new stuff over there, new design, new functionality. I'm actually really excited about it. Uh, worked over the weekend to really get this thing up and running. Oh, Mike has been uh, annoyed with the late night Sunday night uh, text of test this, try this out. Is this working? How does this look? Uh, so we've got it up there. Please make sure to check it out. One of the main changes that we have there just structurally, and we do have some more pages and more content coming up here shortly as soon as I'm done uh, with those. But we've got the basics up. And that is something I plug here every week, and that is our article section is now a blog. We've got wildmanweb.com slash blog. Um, so we've got all of our same content up there and more content coming more regularly. Um, it's just a bunch of quick articles on all the stuff we're talking about here on social, reputation, listings, website, SEO, advertising, etc. Um, there are shallow dives and all this stuff, but we do link all of our sources in there so you can use this as the jumping off point to really learn about some of this stuff, um, to learn about SEO, to learn about digital marketing, learn about the tech side of everything. So if you want to learn about some of the stuff that we're talking about here, you want some more resources, go to wildmanweb.com slash blog. Um, we also still have open our uh, toolkit there, wildmanweb.com slash LBOT. That stands for Local Business Online Toolkit. This is a suite of free products that we're offering out there that you can get signed up for. Um, it's just sort of express versions of some of our software um, that will help you to set up your business online and to properly leverage your business's online presence. Tools in there to help manage your social media, your online reputation, your listings, if you have any advertising efforts in there, lots of analytics tools um, and, and other fun stuff to play with. You'll have to sign up to learn more, uh, but that's, that's free there. So just go ahead and sign up and we'll get you access to all of that stuff. Um, in addition to that, yeah, that was all my main updates. Moving on to the next point here. Last call, last throwing out a last call, Miles. Throwing out a last call. Anybody wants to have free hosting on their yes, free <laughs> you want yes. free hosting on your brand new website for 2021. Calling in the chips. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your ma, tell your pa, get their website built soon, and they will have free hosting for 2021 through Wildman Web Solutions. This is why we time have offer though, folks. Limited time off. It's going away. <laughs> Poof. It's going to be gone. And you can access that again. Just go to wildmove.com. You can email us, call us, whatever you want to do um, to check us out there. All right. Um, moving on to the next question. Uh, this is less of a question here. 
um, and more just of a an, an general update. This came across my desk a few weeks back and was made official. Um, well, actually, it came across a couple of months back. It was made official a couple of weeks back, so I just wanted to make sure I hit it. There's a not insignificant update to the Google algorithm, search algorithm coming in 2021. Uh, they're calling it the, uh, the Google page experience update. I didn't want to talk about it until I really got to look into it and everything. Uh, a lot of people are saying it's not going to be a big deal. I, I kind of disagree. Um, there's a couple of major updates in there. Mainly, they're just changing how they measure and how they uh, quantify something that they were looking at before. But basically, they're going to be looking at what they call the page experience on every website in order to judge their um, to judge your site and see where it should rank. Um, so I'll be putting a link to all this stuff here in the comments if you want to check it out and go in a little bit more depth. Um, but they're checking on a couple of things here. They're looking at the core web vitals. They're looking at mobile friendliness, looking at safe browsing. Uh, they're looking at SSL certificates, and then uh, the new one I think is uh, is cool is just new uh, no intrusive elements on your website, or no intrusive interstitials, what they're calling it here. But hitting all those point by point, core web vitals is stuff that they're already kind of looking at. They're looking at um, your the, the the page speed. They're looking um, at your um, how it actually loads, if your images are, are set properly, if you have proper interactivity um, on there, if your site is stable. If you ever gone to a website and then you see it load and things like shift around and it's weird or it reloads or something like that, that's what they're talking about when um, they, they mention visual stability. Uh, so these are all things that they already kind of look at, but they're now encapsulating all of this and a couple of other basic metrics around performance and speed and security as core web vitals. So if you see that mentioned uh, later in the SEO world, that's what they're talking about. They're also weighing uh, mobile friendliness very heavily in this update. I mean, they already were. Um, for a little bit there, they were really pushing AMP, and that's kind of Google's own um, mobile-friendly technology for making websites mobile responsive. Uh, they're kind of backing off of that a little bit, still prioritizing AMP. It's their own thing. Of course, they want to promote it. Um, but really, they're taking a little bit more of an, an agnostic approach at mobile friendliness in this update. Um, also looking at safe browsing. So if you have, um, most people probably haven't seen this a lot, but if you have seen any sort of uh, pop-up or notification or something about violating Google's safe browsing policies, you really need to look into those things now. Before, they were kind of letting some things uh, slide, but now um, they're going to be really, really strict on some of that stuff. So if you basically you get a one-strike rule, if you uh, strike out again, if you violate those policies again, then they're just going to block you off of everything. So be really careful on that. Um, again, I'll put a link here into uh, their uh, safe browsing policies, but if you've ever seen any sort of notification from Google about violating safe browsing policies, you really need to check into that stuff now or they will blacklist you on everything. And then the last one here is one that I've brought up before just as a user experience thing, but now it's going to be an SEO thing. A very important one is that is the intrusive interstitials element to this. And Google is really going to start putting some emphasis on that. That is, if you ever go to a website, and something pops up and it doesn't allow you to engage with the actual site until you do something to it. You close out of the pop-up, you hit accept, you do whatever. Um, 
that is an intrusive element that's popping up and blocking the user from accessing the main content of the website. So barring some very specific content that is, um, you know, age restrictive or there's some other legality there where you have to have that extra step. Um, if you have anything like that, uh, you go to a website and it pops up and says subscribe to our newsletter or something, take that off or make it less intrusive, make it pop up in the sidebar or something so that people can still engage with your main content, with the main site content, and they don't have to do anything to that interstitial uh, element um, before inter oh my God, <laughs> before engaging in your main site content, if I can get through English here. Um, so that's one that I've, I've kind of dinged before just as a bad user interface technique, a bad sales technique, an outdated uh, digital marketing technique, but now it's actually going to be uh, an SEO point against you. This is all starting in 2021. So um, if you have any questions on that, like I said, I'll put some links in the comments so you guys can check this all out later. But if we want to dive into it uh, a little bit more depth, maybe we can hit that again next week. Just let me know either in the comments here or email us at askwildmanatwildmanweb.com. That was my SEO rant for the day. I just wanted to bring that Let's update go. in here. Glad we got that in. <laughs> we are kind of coming to the end uh, of the show here. We've been going for about an hour now. We'll be shutting down around noon. Um, so if you have any questions, get them in now. Otherwise, uh, email us your questions at askwildmanweb.com. We'll hit those next week at the start of the show. So we do this every week, every Wednesday at 11, live streaming to our Facebook uh, and YouTube channels. So uh, like and follow us there. Make sure you get the updates. We'll be putting those out. Um, and then, like I said earlier, if you like the content, if you think this is useful, uh, then please share this video, share our page, uh, invite people like this, invite people to, to the event next week. Uh, we want to reach as many people as possible, answer as many questions as possible, and be as much of a resource as possible. So help us out. All right, Mike, do you have any other closing thoughts you want to hit before we shut down for the day? Well, um, I always have a few more thoughts, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> Mike the talker. He's a, a main uh, yeah, part of your job. Don't get started. But I'll, uh, I guess I'll try to keep it brief. Um, keep your heads up out there. You know, like I said, uh, things aren't exactly easy at the moment, but uh, we're going to get through it. <laughs> Facebook's been fun lately. I just want to say that. It's been really fun lately. Um, we're all having a good time, and we all love our overlord, Mr. Zuckerberg. Don't shut down our ad account. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all hail the duck. All hail Mr. Zuck. No, everybody um, have a hard push here for uh, what, Small Business Saturdays coming up, uh, Black Friday, and then Cyber Monday. We've got the, the busiest uh, three days of buying of the year. So. Everybody hopefully has their, their funnel primed and pumped. Uh, they're going to get lots of conversions there at the end of the funnel. But uh, I think next week, Miles, I know this is one of the questions that we had. We should probably table till next week because it's, a, it's an open-ended question about where digital trends are heading. But 
let me just leave let me leave this show with a cliffhanger for for next week's show and we can pick this up we can pick this up next week uh i want to make a statement that may be controversial and maybe even a little bit negative um so i'm i'm gonna try not to i'm gonna try to end this on a positive note though uh but I think in terms of digital trends and where things are heading, I hope I'm wrong, by the way, about this. I hope I'm dead wrong. But I think we could be heading, Miles, from, a, from where we were okay, pre-COVID, where arguably, and I'm not even sure if I believe what I'm about to say, but so, so feel free to argue with me, but arguably we're moving from a period that was the easiest time ever to be a small business into what could be arguably the most difficult time ever to be a small business. And I think that it could happen over the course of just a few years. Um, and so, so you can, you can argue with me now, but I want you to think about this and I want you to argue with me next week for sure. And I want to get some other opinions as well, arguing with me. But this is what I mean by this is that we're going from a time period where it was, I mean, shoot, if you look back at five years ago, all I had to do was set up a Facebook business page, start posting, and people are going to pay attention to it, and people are going to you know, engage in my brand, and, and if I wasn't a complete idiot, I could probably get them to buy some stuff, to you know, now where I have to pay, and I have to pay an increasingly amount of money in order just to get people to see my stuff, let alone engage with it and buy it, and then here in the near future, we're going to be going into a, a, a territory, if you will, where the bigger platforms like Facebook are completely off the table for small mom and pop shops because they've gotten priced out of it by the big corporations. And, and so where do they go? You know, what did they do? Um, we know for a fact that traditional traditional media is more expensive and less effective than social media. Know that 100% for a fact. So I don't think that they can go back to that. Uh, and maybe it'll change. You know, maybe the price of of radio, television, and print will just drop significantly. I don't think it will because I think if it drops anymore, all those people are going to be out of business. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll find out some other way to do it uh, and so what happens when the bigger platforms like facebook google twitter uh you know what happens when the fortune 500 companies get their head out of you there you know what they realize that they're wasting hundreds of millions of dollars on things like programmatic digital and uh, network television and you know um newspapers and things like that, and they dump all their money into the big big platforms. Where do the small mom and pop stores go? Where do uh, even the, the medium-sized companies go? Where do the direct-to-consumer companies go? Will the platforms that are, you see that are now emerging, like uh, MeWe and what's the other one? Parlor and you know some of these other ones, TikTok, you know, not that long ago was considered an emerging platform. You know, do those take a big enough chunk of the pie? And are those then where 
small businesses are able to spend money at a reasonable rate and, and those become you know the kind of the new frontier or what happens here and and i'll, I'll give you my answer because i don't know i don't know what's going to happen in the future but that's what i'm scared about and my answer for right now is take every single second you can to build brand on these platforms and to take your audience over to something that you can control because, and I know that I've, I've harped on this before, and we're going to get it, I wanna, but I want you to specifically think about this point too, and give me your feedback next week. Well, what happens, and that you know that I've, I've been a little nervous about this, what happens when the voice takes over? It's going to be great for some things. It's going to be great for the consumer. Voice search what, is what you're looking for. With search, right. So I'll give yeah. you an example, okay. So right now, right now, in Kansas City, okay, where my sister lives, my sister lives not even a mile from a Whole Foods. I am sitting across from an Amazon smart TV, right? So if I lived where she lived right now, I could talk to my television and I could order Whole Foods delivery groceries to my house. So it's not like some sci-fi fantasy, right? I mean, this is like literally this is already happening in, in major cities. But what happens when it's across the board? that I can talk to my television, I can talk to my Google Home, I can talk to my phone, whatever it is, and I can say, order me a pizza, order me groceries, order me milk, order me this. If I don't say, order me Rudy's pizza, if I don't say, order me Beamer's barbecue, you know, if I don't say, you know, the specific local brand name, the machine's not going to give that to me. It's going to get, you know, if I say, if I, if I don't say I want construction specialties to redo my bathroom, where's Google Home going to send it? They're going to send me to Home Depot. And Home Depot will build out the, and they'll send the crew over to redo your bathroom. So if, so yep. I would be building everything I can right now before it's gone on these platforms and be considering brand, 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 unless, unless I have to have sales today. And that's where it gets really scary. If I'm the brand new deli that just opened up, I can't be thinking about two, three years in the future, right? I got to be thinking about two months in the future, two weeks in the future, and payrolls too. So those people don't have that, this kind of luxury. But if I, if I'm like, that's what I'm saying, you know, something like a Rudy's pizza, if I have an established brand in the marketplace and I've been here a long time, that's what, that was what would keep me up at night. Well, I know you have a whole lot more to go on this. We'll probably pick this up again <laughs> next week, but I do want to end this on an, on a positive note. And that is that uh, while I don't necessarily disagree with anything that you said there, I do have faith. I have faith in small business owners. We are a scrappy bunch. Um, and I know that um, every small business owner that I know in my my uh, circle here thrives on yeah, thrives on having to be resourceful, thrives on being creative. Um, and and I think that we may be able to surprise you on that, but we'll have to discuss that all next week. Uh, Wednesday at 11, we'll be live streaming. I'll, I'll leave you with one positive thought, Miles. Okay, it, that, that's the reason why we created the Wildman Sales System, 
is that because these things keep me up at night. And so what we've done is we've created a new sales system specifically designed for the small business owner, specifically designed for the small business owner in Northeast Kansas to have an A to Z system that will overcome these pitfalls, overcome these um, well, calamities, <laughs> if you will, that are happening. Uh, the transition that we're going through right now in the industry was specifically designed a system in order for you to get more sales while building brand and preparing your business for more disruption in the future and how to stay ahead of it. There's the answer, Miles. There's the positivity. We're going to save the day. Awesome. All right. Uh, well, we'll have to pick up that again and talk more about that next week. But that's some exciting stuff. So, uh, Mike, <laughs> as always, thank you for your time. And uh, we'll see him again next week. God bless you, Miles. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining here for the Ask Wildman live stream. Uh, I'll see you again next week, Wednesday at 11, either Facebook or YouTube. Uh, and please, like I said, if you think this content is useful, like it, share it, help us reach some more people and answer some more questions. And uh, we'll, we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com.